2020 has been one of the worst years in recorded history. However, it is the last year Donald Trump will be president. While we should all celebrate the ousting of the wannabe dictator, we have to ask what will actually change under a Biden administration. Biden himself famously said to a group of rich donors that nothing will fundamentally change. And based on his early cabinet picks and transition team, he may be showing us that he meant exactly what he said. So far, Biden has appointed fossil fuel allies, chemical industry defenders, and defense industry consultants, many of whom voted or worked with those same industries while Trump was in office. This just further proves that we have a structural problem within our political system. Due to the revolving door of money and politics, corporations are allowed to infiltrate every level of government. And the scary part is, it crosses party lines. While it is true things do incrementally change when different parties are in office, it is also true that on major issues such as war, holding corporate America accountable, and dealing with the environment, things more or less stay the same regardless of which party is in power. On this episode, we will discuss Joe Biden's recent cabinet picks and what they potentially mean for the future of the country. So we say, we always say the Black Panther Party, that they can do anything they want to do. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you can remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am a revolutionary. All right, so hey everybody, welcome to the Our Wisconsin Revolution podcast. I'm joined my co-host Will Walter. How you doing today, Will? I'm here, Andre. I'm here. <laughs> Which, you know, it's uh, we're in rough times, and uh, you know, I hope everybody out there is staying safe and healthy. We're we're doing our best over here, and uh, I hope everybody else is able to as well. Yeah, we're trying, but um, I was just watching some uh, some videos of like France. They're still like protesting. Like that's been one of the longest protests protests I've seen, and I don't know in a long time. There's they've been doing the yellow vest, but uh, I wish we could, would, you know, kind of do that here. Obviously, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I just don't feel like America has that that type of French fight in them. The French are built different, but uh, I, I feel like we need to reciprocate that and, and, and be in the streets as long as possible. That's the only way we're going to get actual change. But uh, That's hilarious that uh, that your point is that the French are built different. You know, the Americans are too soft. If you told the actual, like, right-wingers that statement, they would literally blow a fuse. If you were like, hey, ultra-right-wingers, you guys are too soft. The French are showing you how it's done. They would be dropping all those like old stereotypes about the French and World War II and everything. And then it'd be like, well, they're getting what they want out of their government. <laughs> Why aren't you? Well, didn't the the the, um, the Statue of Liberty uh, initially come from France? Uh, yes, I believe so. That... Yeah, it's uh, there was two of them made, and, and one was given to us. That I think that's pretty common with a lot of. Um, uh, monument type stuff like the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. I know there's one in Germany as well. Uh, the sister bell mm -hmm. that they made at the same time. Well, that's exactly why they know what Liberty is and how to fight for it. Um, but you know, we're here to talk about Biden's cabinet picks. I mean, it's been stirring up a lot of controversy, controversy on the left wing, obviously because Biden isn't really picking left-wingers or progressive he's really picking industry in insiders and the first one we're going to talk about is anthony 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 i don't know exactly how you say his first name blinken now this dude was the former deputy national security advisor um he, he founded west execs 
Um, so if you don't know what WestExec is, it's basically a consulting firm for dis for defense contractors and U.S. intelligence agencies. And their quote on their website um, was bringing the Situation Room to the boardroom. So basically, they're kind of trying to have this um, government and private industry sector collaboration. And that's kind of their whole mindset. Um, and the reason why this is a little bit concerning is because Anthony Blinken was a staunch supporter of the Iraq war and not only the Iraq war, but he also pushed for Libya and he also pushed for the war or not necessarily war because we didn't uh, declare war on them, but he also pushed for intervention in Syria. Uh, so, I mean, this dude is extremely hawkish and you have to wonder what's going to change as far as foreign policy goes, because uh, right now we're bombing like eight different countries and we're still at war with two major countries, which is Afghanistan and Iraq. And based on this, this cabinet pick for secretary of state, I have no actual faith that any of the wars are going to be scaled back or the bombing campaigns. It's, it's and funny. I mean, it's like the one thing that, um, that we seem to get bipartisan support on nowadays is the need to be bombing the Middle East, <laughs> the, the need to be exerting our militaristic power on the rest of the world. Uh, another event that, you know, just happened, um, Mike Pompeo, remember, was meeting with MBS and Benjamin Netanyahu, and then a week later, Iran's top nuclear scientist is assassinated. You know, coincidence? No. <laughs> I, I, I highly, highly doubt it. It, it seems... Uh, Seems you know there maybe maybe the Trump administration is hoping to to push Iran you know keep pushing Iran a little bit further 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 hoping that they retaliate because I don't know Trump seems to think that if he starts a war he has to continue being president throughout it or something I'm not really sure but it definitely seems that they're trying to provoke some kind of retaliation while he's still in office so that they can uh, they can you know exploit uh, our militaristic power and and get into another never-ending war yeah you know but what the scariest part about that is is that you know biden hasn't even fully committed to getting back into the iran deal as it was under obama i think he he had said that they need to meet different requirements which doesn't really make sense because the iran deal was actually really good deal i mean they had to stay under a certain amount of uranium um, and the IAEA went in and expected them and it was a good deal. I mean, it worked out and they got their money back and the sanctions were lifted. And yet uh, Biden is already signaling that he would change it. I mean, that's that's not a good sign considering that they're trying to actually uh, do something with their uranium. So I, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, yeah, it's it's worrisome that Trump is kind of doing something on his way out, but um, like I'm I'm worried even if Joe Biden gets in before anything actually pops off because of the the uh, restrictions that Biden is putting on a possible uh, new Iranian deal, Iran deal. So I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about that. We'll see, especially with the secretary pick. Um, let's see how this works out because he's obviously super pro Israel. He's already pretty hawkish when it comes to war and a really interesting fact is that he actually was the one known to have pushed joe biden to support the iraq war so my guess is that he's going to be just as hawkish as secretary of state if not more because he's going to have so much more power than he used to 
And at that time, Joe Biden was only a senator. Now he's going to be the president of the United States. So who knows what kind of mayhem he might get into or what type of new wars we might get into. So, I mean, there's this this mind process amongst most liberals that things are going to be better under Joe Biden. But when you have people like Anthony Blinken in the Joe Biden administration, who is a hawk, um, who, who pushed for all these wars and interventions, it makes you wonder what is actually going to change when it comes to war. If is if if anything, it might get escalated, and liberals are going to sleep sleep while it's happening, just like under Obama. Like a lot of people don't know how many countries we're bombing, and that it escalated under Obama. Not to mention the drone, the drone, uh, the escalation of drone bombing. So I mean, it, it's. Don't get me wrong. Trump is pretty bad when it comes to war. He kind of let the uh, the CIA and the military kind of do whatever they want. And they killed a lot of civilians and they actually uh, didn't report all the civilian deaths that they that they actually had. But based on this person alone, it's very worrisome where this could go, because we know when liberals kind of go to sleep and don't really rise up against the the neoliberal establishment. The administrations are pretty much allowed to get away with whatever they want. Anything, yep. They can do and say whatever they want with no repercussions. Exactly. And not to mention um, Anthony Blinken. I mean, some of those those people who uh, helped him build Wessex X is actually going to be in the administration as well, such as Jake Sullivan who helped him uh, start Wessex X and he's possibly going to be the national security advisor. So that's a little bit worrisome as well. So we are getting some Hawks in there. Um, but another person uh, that some people are saying possibly is a good, uh, a good choice. I have a little bit more concern than maybe uh, others, but everybody knows who he is, is John Kerry. Mm-hmm. And he's appointed to be the special envoy for climate um, or what they're calling it now, the international climate czar. So Kerry would played a huge role in passing the, or getting the 2015 Paris agreement passed. But even with that being said under Obama, he was responsible for the expansion of oil and gas in the U S uh, due to fracking. Obviously there was a huge fracking boom under Obama. Uh, Kerry supported the spread of American fossil fuel drilling technologies he backed a project known as the Caribbean Energy Security Initiative, which helped Caribbean nations expand dr- drilling capacities. Uh, he oversaw the Unconventional Gas Technical Engagement Program, which was a project uh, designed to uh, export American fracking techniques to other countries. So, I mean, yeah, Kerry, on when he, based on his rhetoric, rhetoric, he cares about the the environment. And he, and he says that it's a, a super big problem. We need to address it. But based on his actions, I mean, it's pretty clear cut that he's no environmentalist or, or any progressive when it comes to saving the planet. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on John Kerry? Obviously, he ran for president against Bush. He lost. And, and then he was in the Obama administration. What are your thoughts on him? Now, this is the same John Kerry who is ultra rich now and has his own private jet correct yes correct it is um (laughs) it's ironic that um someone who doesn't seem to practice what they preach is chosen for this but obviously 
that's the way it goes. Uh, when I just looked it up, according to Wikipedia, at least, uh, Forbes 400 estimated his net worth being between 165 million and possibly up to 3.2 billion. So we're talking, you know, ultra, ultra wealth, a man with multiple homes in gated communities all across the country, massive mega mansions, uh, his own jet to fly wherever he wants. He, this is the type of ultra rich human being who is causing the vast majority of uh, CO2 emissions from uh, at least the American citizens. Obviously, companies are are the biggest polluter, but um, we have seen studies recently that the ultra-rich uh, commit up to, it's, it was like the top 1% are responsible for 50 to 60% of all CO2 emissions in the country. So uh, it's just the good old boys club, you know? It goes back to the, the George Carlin quote. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Carey's earned his dues within the party. He's... Uh, He's been a party loyalist and, and a backer of, of big business and the oligarchs his entire political career. Uh, he kind of started this whole, we need to run a safe centrist candidate because getting the Republican guy out of office is the most important election strategy that the Dems have now been rocking for 20 years with uh, with Bush in 04, um, you know, setting the stage for the Hillary Clinton disaster in 2016 and now this uh, almost disaster of, of Biden in 2020. It's it's not great. I, I'm not going to lie. It's just another uh, another rich, white, old man being put into a position of power that he personally benefits from not doing anything about. And uh, we are likely going to see Biden's entire cabinet filled with individuals who fit that uh, who fit that requirement. Well, you know what Harry S. Truman said about uh, politicians who get rich in, in politics? You can't get rich in politics unless you're a crook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, I'm not calling him a crook, but uh, based on that quote, I mean, it speaks for itself. But, I mean, the problem with with people like John Kerry and, and you know, Anthony Blinken is that we already know what they're made of they've been here before it's not like there's some new person not their first rodeo these are washington insiders through and through exactly and the problem is biden maybe he does or maybe he doesn't he's trying to signal with having john Kerry like hey i'm still kind of left wing because he was under obama and obama was left wing right well maybe in his eyes but this is not placating the left at all i mean this is a horrible pick if you ask me, uh, but I think if you really wanted actual change on the environment, why not actually appoint somebody who has environmentalist, uh, you know, a background or or some or some scientific background instead he imports John Kerry, who has some baggage. I think as you I answered that out. question yourself, Andre. They don't actually want change. It's it's that simple, you know. Well, it's, 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 they want the appearance of change rather than the actual substance of change. And that's, that's where we're going to be faced with the next four years. If you can get in, and actually we're going to talk about this guy next. If you can get in some diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe some people of color. Hey, we have the appearance of change because we got some people of color who's going to be in here. Uh, Well, that's going to be changing, right? That's going to be progressive, but 
No, that's not true. And actually, that's a good segue to talk about Cedric Richmond. So um, Cedric Richmond uh, has been appointed to be the climate movement liaison. And this is probably one of the worst picks ever. Um, I assume Biden picked him is because he's a person of color, um, not because he had any actual uh, climate activism or uh, good policy while he was in Congress. Now, to tell you a little bit about Cedric Richmond, he was one of the top recipients of fossil fuel industry money while he was in Congress, and he took three over $340,000 from donors in the oil and gas industry. So he was the fifth highest total uh, among House Democrats to receive oil and gas industry money. Uh, his district is home to seven of the 10 most air polluted census in the census tracts in the country. Uh, he voted to increase fossil fuel exports and promote pipeline development. He voted against legislation to place pollution limits on fracking. He voted for GOP legislation to limit the Obama administration's authority to more stringent, stringently regulate the practice. He even received a 76% lifetime rating from the League of Conservation Voters, but in 2018, he received a 40, 46%. So this is what I'm talking about. When you get into neoliberalism, it's identity politics over policy. And that's what we're seeing here uh, with Cedric Richmond. Yeah, he's a, a man of color, but based on his record, he's objectively hor horrible for the climate. I mean, he let his own district get polluted. He voted with right wingers. I mean, objectively, there's nothing good about this guy besides if you are into identity politics, his color. And this is what I hate about neoliberalism is because they think that if you, you know, uh, appoint somebody of color that you're making some type of leeway into progressive change. And it's actually not, that's just like that. Um, there's this like meme going around where, um, it's kind of like some, um, some Brown people from Afghanistan, like, well, at least the next bomb will come oh, from yeah. a woman yeah. of color, you know? And, and that's what it is. Like at least the next, uh, fossil fuel leak will come from a man of or color. Or the one you know? where it's, it's, so the, uh, it's the Republicans in charge it's, and it's an AC-130 just dropping, you know, bombs left and right. And then Democrats in charge and it's the exact same AC-130. It just has a BLM sticker on the side, you know, like it, it, exactly. just trying to make it look like we're, we're improving, but really we're not. We're, we're the diet Republicans. We're the PC Republicans, basically. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, I mean, the scary part about it is so many people fall for it, though. I mean, you see so many people like, oh, my goodness, Kamala Harris, the first woman of color to be vice president. Don't get me wrong. That's a historic achievement. But it doesn't mean anything when it, it comes to progress. From criticism. It doesn't mean that she's exactly that she is, you know, beyond being judged for the work that she does well in office. Exactly. And, and this is what worries me about, about that is because, and I think we talked about this on one of our last podcast episodes, it's going to shield just simply by having Kamala Harris, it's going to shield the administration of, of criticism within the mainstream media. Because if you criticize the Biden administration, you're inherently racist, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're a racist a woman or a of sexist. color. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and no matter who you are, you can be 
a black man and you're a sexist, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be a woman and maybe you're just a self-hating woman, right? That's that's what it comes down to. And and it, it it's used as a shield to against all criticism. And I see that happening in the next four years. Even if it works or not, it doesn't really matter. They're going to use it. And we got to deal with that for the next four uh, and years. And the irony man. of that is like liberals, the neoliberals have been using that same rhetoric against republicans for years now you know any criticism of hillary clinton was oh you you're a sexist you're a sexist you can't criticize hillary she's a woman and then when republicans point accurately point out that that happens and i'm not saying that there are no sexist republicans there were a lot of people who made arguments against hillary simply because she was a woman but there were also a number of people who made policy arguments against hillary clinton that was immediately ignored or dismissed because they equated it with sexism and you know you could you could maybe think that they were setting the stage to do that against their own party now now that it's kind of the cool thing for neoliberals to do is to throw away valid criticism of someone because it's racist or sexist it, it's you see it a lot with Israel too i see so many neoliberal, uh, neoliberals when someone criticizes anything that Israel's doing on the west bank or gaza or you know, assassinating uh, foreign scientists or whatever. They you can't criticize Israel because that's anti-Semitic. By simply criticizing them, you're um, um, automatically anti-Semitic, and it's just like it's, it's so absurd, it's such an absurd argument. But the the neoliberals have kind of trained their base to do that. That way, you can't ever question authority because everyone in authority has one of these. Uh, you know, as a minority in, in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, and and you know why it's so easy to kind of break that logic is because if you criticize another one of our allies, which is Saudi Arabia, they never say, "Hey, you're anti-Muslim mm-hmm. or you're you're racist." Great point. It's just it's just it's just bull. It's BS. That's all it is. But speaking of you know industry insiders, um, let's go ahead and talk about Michael McCabe, uh, who has been appointed to. Um, Joe Biden's EPA transitions team. So I really want to talk about this guy. I really hate this guy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> this dude was a chemical industry in, insider. He worked as a consultant on the on communica- communication strategy for DuPont, the company that was known for dumping P- PFOA or also known as the Forever Chemical, which um, if it gets in water, you, you know, people can drink it and it gets into their bloodstream and it never leaves your body. So if you don't know what PFOA or what it does is it causes um, it's linked to causing cancer, liver, liver damage and many more diseases. And if it gets into your blood, it never leaves. That's why it's called the forget forever chemical. And that's why it's so dangerous. Um, But the reason why I really, really hate um, have a serious hate and passion for this guy is because DuPont is a horrible, horrible company. So like for 40 years, they knew that their product Teflon, uh, that they were putting in, you know, household products, you know, cooking pans, clothes, um, carpets, um, that this household product was linked to cancer and, uh, could literally cause death. And for 40 years, they hit it. Yep. Just like, uh, the oil and gas industries. Yep. And, and, and they knew, uh, for a long time and they buried it. And 
And DuPont, if you guys don't know, is actually it's, it's headquartered in uh, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. So the fact that, you know, Joe Biden appointed Michael McCabe to lead the EPA transition team literally means there will be actually no action taken against chemical industry at all if they poison poison people. And the slippery thing that DuPont did is that they said, okay, okay, you guys got us. We'll stop using Teflon, but we'll use something else that's not t- toxic. So they transitioned to this thing called Gen X, right? And guess what? It's just as bad as Teflon, <laughs> if not worse. Exactly. And and so the this is why I'm a little bit angry is because, and I said this in the opening, Joe Biden said, nothing will fundamentally change. And if, if, if they keep poisoning people, right, there's, there's just going to be more people going to be poisoned. They're going to get cancer. They're going to have bad drinking water. And one of the messed up things about this, this uh, product is that 99.7% of all Americans have it in their blood. So we need to take serious action against it. That means it's almost in all water streams. It's in all household products. It's everywhere. And Joe Biden is guess, guess what? He's not going to do anything about it because one, he's appointed somebody who actually helped defend them. And two, DuPont is from his home state that actually helped him get elected to Senate back in the 1970s. So what, you know, what, why would he actually go after them? Right? So this is the problem in Washington. Uh, We have this, you know, this type of revolving door. We have this, uh, you scratch my back, I scratch your back type mentality. Um, And this is why people lose faith in politics or politics because it's a big club, like you just said, and none of us are in it. And, and, and I was reading about this um, yesterday and there was this this farmer, right? his name, I forgot his first name, Lieutenant or something, right? And over 190 of his cows were, you know, they died because they were drinking this this poison uh, Teflon PFOA water. And nobody would listen to him, no matter which administration was in office, Republicans, Democrats, right? But this is why Democrats lose is because you would you expect to you expect them to be better than than republicans on these issues but they do the same thing they ignore it they're they don't look out for the little guy and this is why you know more and more people as we go along are giving up on government this is why they 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 go towards libertarianism right is because the government doesn't do anything for them why should i be taxed if if i come to you because of my my cows are dying and you don't help me in any other way. And, and and one of the weird things about it is in 2011, under Obama, the DOJ dropped the investigation into DuPont. So I do want to point out that, well, not only is DuPont, uh, obviously it's, it's headquartered in Delaware, as you mentioned, it's headquartered in Wilmington, Delaware, which, you know, is where Joe Biden was literally born. Um, it's the 35th, according to the Forbes Fortune 500 list from 2019, it was the 35th largest United States public corporation. So we're not talking about some, you know, decent chain. They got a couple places here or there. No, 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 no. We were talking, we're talking about a company that uh, prior to the subsequent spinoffs in 2017 of Dow Inc. and Corteva was the largest chemical company on the planet in terms of sales. This is a monster in the industry. 
And when you have that kind of influence, when you have that kind of money to throw around, when you have those connections, you know, you get let off the hook a lot. You get away with things that you really shouldn't be. And um, it's kind of surprising that these that these obvious connections to Biden haven't been discussed a little bit more. But I, I think it's because a lot of people understand that that Biden's just one of the one of the good old boy politicians, that he's represents the establishment just as well, if not better than any old white man in American politics. Yeah, and it, it really shows you the power of corporations, right? I mean, there's this huge like boogeyman that's always put out there. Oh, you got to watch out for the big government. Big government is going to steal your liberty and rights. But we're literally seeing in real time a big corporation, right? Taking away people's right, not to not necessarily right to free speech, but right to clean water, right to live, right to health care, right to uh, sue them. Because obviously, if you don't have enough money, you can't sue them, right? Because this is a huge conglomerate. So, I mean, this there's this huge, weird boogeyman about big government, but nobody's really talking about big corporations and how they can just throw away people's rights and and subvert anything, any accountability. Um, and I just think it's like Democrats can literally hammer away away about this and actually win because people know it's a serious problem because corporations run amok can literally destroy a person's lives. I mean, not to mention, uh, I think Exxon knew about climate change back in the 60s. 60s and 70s, yeah, internal emails say they knew about it. Exactly. So, I mean, we need to, if the Democratic Party wants to really actually garner votes, they have to go after the, the, the corporations that have run amok because there are a lot of people who are affected by it. And until they don't, until they do, I think they're just going to keep getting slaughtered by Republicans. Well, Mussolini said uh, fascism should be called corporatism because it's the merger of state and corporate power. And, you know, even before Trump, we were at that point. We were <laughs> our companies, our massive corporate conglomerates basically have complete and utter control of our government through um, especially with uh, Citizens United in 2010. When you're the ones that are funding these campaigns, you're the ones whose voice matters. And if money equates free speech, more money equals more speech. You know, we could have a million citizens call into their senator each one time requesting something to happen. If one company donates 10 million, that's the equivalent of 10 million call-ins, and they now are in that senator's ear 10 to 1. So it's, you know, it's by design that... The people don't have the kind of money to to counter this, and it's one of the reasons that the rich are so so uh, fixated on staying incredibly filthy rich because their money is power is is the con- complete source of power in this country. Exactly, and I think most people have this notion that the ri- the rules are rigged in favor of those with power, and once you get in politics or start to actually dig into it. You're actually just reaffirmed with that 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 actual aspect, unless you're like just okay with that. Some people are okay with it. I mean, I guess the whole Republican Party is okay with that. But uh, it's before... similar to like the you know the days of old when uh, in the 1400s, 1500s, or whatever, when the royals had when when you know the the king and queen of the country had complete control of uh, of all the wealth and resources of a country. Uh, a lot of they chalked up their power to divine right. You know, they were the royal blood. God 
gave them this ability to be rich and, and wealthy and stuff, and therefore they deserve it. We kind of have that same mindset in America now, except instead of God being the one to grant you this wealth and power, the wealth and power is tends to be generational. So you're, you are powerful because you were wealthy, not uh, you are not wealthy because you are powerful, you know? Exactly. It's... <laughs> Sometimes I lose words for all the 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 fuckery that's going on. But um, before we end, uh, we might as well talk about the last, you know, terrible person that Joe Biden's considering, and that's uh, former mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel. Um, this dude is objectively horrible. I mean, he covered up the killing of Laquan McDonald uh, by police. Um, he took campaign money from Republicans. He helped pass pass NAFTA. He helped move Bill Clinton to the right on uh, on immigration, and he's he's known for starting the New Democrat movement, which is basically corporatism. This dude is objectively bad, and he was being considered for transportation secretary after a huge backlash from like progressives and AOC and Jamal Bowen, people like that. They're like, oh, well, let's let's just put him in a less visible, you know. Uh, place and I'm just like oh my goodness <laughs> let's not forget Rahm Emanuel's brother was the one who said there was no point to live past 65 Jesus. which is you know kind of low key been the Republicans answer to the coronavirus <laughs> you're 65 yeah. or older sorry no point for you to live anymore peace out unless of course you're wealthy and, and white then then we're going to give you multi-million dollar experimental cocktails to, exactly. to prevent anything bad happening to you and notice too, Herman Cain. He's got money, but he didn't get that vaccine. Chris Christie did. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's even when you're even when you're rich and famous, they still manage to sneak racism in there. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's that's very true. I really don't have too much to say about Rahm Emanuel. Uh, he's bad. He shouldn't be in there. Um, he might not even get into the the administration. But I had to mention it just because. He's just objectively so horrible. I mean, Chicago is a very corrupt city. Don't get me wrong. I mean, their current mayor sucks. But, I mean, for them to even know that you're terrible and want you out, I mean, you got to be really extremely bad. So, I mean... Well, mainstream media has been doing their best to rehabilitate him by sticking him on that ABC panel every every night. Oh, yeah. I mean, they re re rehabilitated Bush. I don't... <laughs> I don't really have high expectations right. They'll have for Trump media. Trump's image will be good in, in the next four years once they, once he starts getting on CNN and MSNBC and stops like spouting his batshit crazy bullshit. They'll they'll try to get him back in the old circle. It's the same reason they they never want to prosecute previous presidents because every president is a war criminal. So, you know, if Joe Biden comes in and starts saying like, oh yeah, we're gonna hold Donald Trump accountable, then the next Republican will just come in and do the same for Biden. So it's kind of like a scratch my back i'll scratch yours we don't prosecute each other and then as soon as you're out of office we'll do our best to make your image look good again so people forget how shitty you really were it's a revolving door yes sir it's a and it's a big club you know george carlin even though he he passed away some time ago every like person in our generation should like have to do a history lesson on him or or watch his videos at the minimum because that dude he was he was well before his time, man. He really was. See, I disagree. I Well, I mean, I agree that he makes a lot of great points, but I'm not going to say that he's 
well before his time because I think it was more that that same shit was happening back then, you know? It's just that nothing has changed for 50 years. He was pointing out the the bullshit that he saw back then and we just haven't done anything to make any improvement, you know? Yeah, it's just we don't really have anything uh, to that. A person like George Carlin anymore, you know, that just kind of complete dumps on the, the mainstream media and... and I guess you could say John Stewart, but he's not really even like on the mainstream anymore. But I mean, John Stewart was pretty good. But. I think there's still a decent amount of comedians who do social satire. Obviously, you know, John Stewart, like you said, John Oliver, uh, Dave Chappelle. A lot of his recent work has been on um, focused on societal inequality. Uh, I think it's kind of it's kind of easy because society is so absolutely messed up that anybody who's moderately funny could write pretty good <laughs> could might write pretty good satirical jokes based on on the bs that that people are living through you know and i think it's an important way to connect with people who might not otherwise see the ridiculousness of what they're putting up with until they have it shown to them in you know a lightly mannered way of kind of poking fun at it and then if they're able to laugh at themselves which we know most people today aren't they could maybe intrinsically see their uh their hypocrisy but you know, who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all dreamers in this world, man. But I mean, overall, like I said, it's good that Trump is out of office. He was objectively more horrible, but I mean, we have a long way to go. And, and with crisis as bad or as we're in now, I just don't think Joe Biden is up to the task to actually meet those crises. Like in nineteen in the nineteen thirties, they went through the Great Depression, uh, and and FDR came out with the New Deal, and he rose up to the occasion to actually fix the problems. Joe Biden is like, eh, I'm not really. Gonna Joe Biden ain't he ain't FDR. He is not FDR. And 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 I think that's just gonna seal a victory for Republicans four years from now. That's my that's my prediction. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm not too optimistic about it. We got four years to organize on the ground, on the web. Let's get her done. We, we're going to have to be the ones to do it because we know the Democratic Party is not coming to save us. Yep, that is very true. But thanks for joining, everybody. Um, I hope you guys can you know, stay up to date with the Biden administration's cabinet picks. Uh, we have to keep the pressure on. We cannot let things just go to the wayside. Get your brunch. But after brunch, go and be an activist. We got a lot of work to do, so stay involved, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your holiday, everybody. Stay safe and healthy. So we say, we always say the Black Panther Party, that they can do anything they want to do. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you can remember I said, with the last